The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Conscious Evolution Radio with your host, Ann Gelsheimer. We are entering higher levels of consciousness with both old and new spiritual technologies to help us be the people we've always dreamed of being. We can make the choice to evolve in consciousness and become the change the world needs today. Now, here is Ann Gelsheimer. Hello, and welcome to Conscious Evolution Radio. I'm your host, Ann Gelsheimer. For this week's show, I'd like to share some fascinating and historic events that are occurring right now in relationship to contact with extraterrestrial intelligence, as well as share some ideas regarding the role of each individual's consciousness that may be impactful in determining future events. So let's begin our discussion, first with the announcement by Stephen Hawking that he, along with other scientific luminaries, are partnering with the Russian billionaire Yuri Milner to build the world's most powerful telescope. What they're looking for is signs of extraterrestrial life. Now, according to an article by Scientific American on July 20, 2015, Milner's latest project is part of his foundation's new Breakthrough Initiatives division and is called Breakthrough Listen providing $100 million in funding over the next decade to top up SETI researchers. Breakthrough Listen will allow new state-of-the-art radio and optical surveys to take place using the world's premier telescopes, creating the most ambitious and robust SETI program yet performed. This project is set to begin making observations as of 2016. Now, in an article by CBS News, Milner is described as having been inspired by the data now coming in from NASA's Kepler spacecraft, which indicates there could be billions of Earth-like planets in our galaxy alone. Given the data from Kepler, the odds of finding intelligent life on other planets that are similar to Earth are pretty good even from the point of view of someone normally skeptical of the possibility of intelligent extraterrestrial life. The Breakthrough Listen program will survey the one million closest stars to Earth, focusing across the plane of the Milky Way towards the galactic center, where stars are densely packed, and also towards nearby galaxies. The program's instruments and detectors will be sensitive enough to discern emissions from our current level of technological development, such as air defense radars, some 2,000 light-years away. And there will also be a search for optical laser signals that may be the basis of communication between extraterrestrial colonies positioned throughout the galaxy. It was suggested that crisscrossing laser beams could form a kind of galactic internet. 
Milner's organization said, it's a way to learn about the potential languages of in interstellar communication and also to spur global discussion on the ethical and philosophical issues surrounding communication with an intelligent life beyond Earth. There will also be a breakthrough message program to respond if an intelligent extraterrestrial signal is detected. So, what are we to make of such an expensive, high-tech initiative to basically find ET? To my mind, this question is not easily answered. First of all, initiating such a search suggests that signs of intelligent extraterrestrial life have not yet been found. Of course, that's why we're looking. But is that true? From that perspective, there are many reasons to believe that such an initiative may be a puzzling waste of money and time, in my own opinion. Based on my own research into the ET contact experiences reported by astronauts, pilots, air traffic controllers, military personnel, and researchers in secret projects, there is little question that extraterrestrial contact has already occurred, has been well documented, and has probably been going on for thousands of years, if not longer, based on depictions that we see in Egyptian temples and ancient paintings inside of caves from around the world. If anyone has any doubt of this, there are many excellent books on the subject. I would highly recommend starting with any of Richard Dolan's books. In particular, his two-volume set entitled UFOs and the National Security State is a detailed chronological narrative of the national security dimensions of the UFO phenomenon. Working from hundreds of declassified records and other primary and secondary sources, Richard Dolan centers his investigation on the American military and intelligence communities, demonstrating that they take very seriously UFOs and the possibility of extraterrestrial intelligences visiting Earth. Then there was my interview with the Honorable Paul Hellyer, Canada's former Minister of Defence, regarding his knowledge of ET contact and the intentional cover-up of this information. During our conversation, Mr. Hellyer shared his experience of reading the book The Day After Roswell, which was written by military intelligence officer Colonel Philip Corso. And while reading that book, Mr. Hellyer recognized many of the key figures mentioned by Corso in his account of the years following the crash of an E.T. craft in the desert of New Mexico in 1947. Mr. Hellyer was so intrigued that he placed a call to a contact of his, a four-star U.S. general, who assured him that the account was true and so much more. Since that day, Mr. Hellyer explained that he has personally investigated and been briefed on the complex topics associated with extraterrestrial visitation to Earth and with the ongoing cover-up and superabundance of disinformation related to the ET phenomena. The word disinformation is what it means is it's deliberately misleading information. Sometimes there's a germ of truth in it, but generally it's designed to take people off track and away from the truth. Mr. Hellyer explains that the most probable reason for the cover-up and disinformation 
is related to the very advanced energy technologies that have been back-engineered from these crashed ET vehicles. Technologies that would rapidly end our dependence on fossil fuels. There is one thing for certain. For intelligent beings to travel the great distances to Earth from other star systems, they are not relying on a form of propulsion technology that uses petroleum products as fuel. And then there is the pioneering work of Dr. Stephen Greer. Recognized as the founder of the Disclosure Movement, Dr. Stephen Greer organized and presided over the groundbreaking Disclosure Project event in May of 2001 at the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. At this event, over 20 military, government, intelligence, and corporate witnesses presented compelling testimony regarding the existence of extraterrestrial life forms visiting the planet and the reverse engineering of the energy and propulsion systems of these craft. For many of these witnesses, this was the first time they had shared such information in public due to having taken oaths of secrecy. Since the Disclosure Project event in 2001, many countries have now released their previously secret UFO files, including Russia, France, Denmark, Brazil, Sweden, Canada, and New Zealand. Even the FBI released their UFO files in 2011, and the NSA re released information pertaining to extraterrestrial communications that have been received. All of this information is publicly available on the Internet, so it is rather confusing why they're launching a new investigation into the possibility of ET communication and looking for signs or signals out in space when we already have that, according to the NSA. Now, during my interview with Dr. Greer, he shared his understanding of ET visitation that moves far beyond the observation of mysterious lights in the sky. According to Dr. Greer, Disclosure of ET visitation and contact now requires a discussion of the new trans-dimensional physics of interstellar travel and communication, and how this relates to the nature of mind, thought, and consciousness. While this point regarding new advanced technologies that was made by Dr. Greer raises another interesting problem for Mr. Milner and the scientists working on Project Breakthrough Listen. They admit that they are using current Earth technologies to search for signs of extraterrestrial communication. But such ET intelligences may use communication technology that is far beyond anything we have available publicly today, even after $100 million is tossed into upgrades for telescopes and upgrades for signal detection. Will this search for radar signals and laser beams be sufficient to locate signs of extraterrestrial communication that may actually be transdimensional and based in consciousness? So again I ask, what are we to make of this new expensive initiative to find signs of extraterrestrial communication? What if this initiative has much less to do with its stated purpose which seems rather ridiculous in light of all the evidence that has been collected that indicates we've been visited often by ETs, 
And what if this initiative has more to do with either breaking the news to the public regarding ET intelligence and contact in a controlled manner over time, or perhaps it is just one more attempt to look like the subject is being seriously considered, only to eventually fail to find any sign of ET communication, and by faulty inference suggest that there is no ET communication to find. In my own opinion, there is reason to believe that this could be part of a movement towards official disclosure of an ET presence visiting Earth. Given that the Vatican, NASA, and the Library of Congress have hosted conferences to prepare scientists for the discovery of life beyond the Earth, and the UN is considering drafting protocols for contact with ETs, and more than 20 countries have initiated either full or partial disclosure of their UFO files, maybe the lobbyist Stephen Bassett is correct that the time for full official disclosure of contact with intelligent extraterrestrial beings is close at hand. During my interview with Stephen Bassett, he explained that the government-sponsored truth embargo officially began the day that the crash of an extraterrestrial craft in Roswell, New Mexico, was denied by the Air Force in 1947. Since that time, well-credentialed witnesses such as Captain Robert Salas, Sergeant Jim Penniston, Lieutenant Colonel Philip Corso, and astronaut Colonel Gordon Cooper have come forward to provide their own first-hand knowledge regarding contact with extraterrestrial craft. And still, the official White House response has continued to be that there's no evidence any life exists outside our planet or that an extraterrestrial presence has, con has contacted or engaged any member of the human race. In addition, the White House says there's no credible information to suggest that any evidence is being hidden from the public eye. I hope what I've said so far has painted a picture of the volumes of evidence that's actually available. But to persuade the U.S. government that it is time to tell the truth on this issue, Mr. Bassett's organization, which is called the Paradigm Research Group, has provided all members of the U.S. Congress and Senate with DVDs containing over 30 hours of testimony from 40 witnesses representing 10 countries. Their expert testimony relates to events and evidence of an extraterrestrial presence engaging the human race. In addition, the Paradigm Research Group posted a petition on the White House website calling on the Obama administration to support congressional hearings for government, agency, and political witnesses to ET-related events and evidence. If these hearings ever happen, they would be the first congressional hearings on ET-related information since 1968. With Hillary Clinton now running for president, there is an additional opportunity to raise the topic of an ET presence engaging the human race. There are documents available that indicate Hillary and Bill Clinton were informed of this ET presence through what is known as the Rockefeller Initiative during Bill Clinton's presidency. The hope was that Bill Clinton would become the disclosure president, releasing all files pertaining to ET contact. 
that the decision made at the time by the Clinton administration was to remain silent for fear of Bill being assassinated, as was Jack Kennedy, who reportedly also had knowledge of the E.T. presence and had hoped to share that information with the world. In light of all the preceding events and information I've just described, I do wonder if this announcement by Hawking and Milner is actually a way for governments of the world to gradually dig themselves out of a lie that has gone on too long. But only time will tell if that's the direction that the research will be allowed to go. So we're going to take a break now, but when I return, I'd like to share some other fascinating news that is being shared lately, and also take a look at the importance of consciousness in determining our reality. This is Anne Gelsheimer, and you're listening to Conscious Evolution Radio. We'll be right back. Ask Theo Live, channels to a new reality. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live, channels to a new reality, Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Could you be the next legendary leader? That question hinges on your courage and willingness to change. Join Maria Danley every week for Legendary Leaders, answering the higher calling. Be inspired by stories and legend and listen to legendary guests along with live channeling to help you answer your higher calling and become the legendary leader you are destined to be. The world is waiting for you. Step up and join the wave. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned in to Conscious Evolution Radio, and we love to hear from you. Please send any questions or comments about the show via email to consciousevolutionradio at gmail.com. Again, that's Conscious Evolution Radio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Hello, this is Ann Gelsheimer, and welcome back to Conscious Evolution Radio. 
In the first segment of this program, we looked at the major announcement by Stephen Hawking and Yuri Milner regarding the planned initiative to search for signs of extraterrestrial life and communication by investing $100 million in cutting-edge telescopes and signal detection. The question that I raised has to do with why this has been announced when there is so much evidence already available that intelligent extraterrestrial beings have visited Earth for a very long time. I suggested that this might be part of a larger plan to gradually disclose the presence of extraterrestrial beings, thus helping the governments of the world to step out of a very deep pit of deception that has been perpetrated for a long time. Now in this next section, I want to share some interesting and important information that I found on the exopolitics.org website of Dr. Michael Salas regarding the increasing cosmic energies that are hitting the sun, earth, and all forms of life on earth as a result of the earth's travels through a particular area of the galaxy. Dr. Michael Salas quotes another doctor, Dr. Simon Atkins, and Dr. Atkins has very interesting and very uh, exciting predictions regarding the possible impact of these energies. Dr. Atkins is the CEO of Advanced Forecasting Corporation, which is a leader in global medium-term to long-term weather prediction and meteorological intelligence, as well as a predictive risk advisory firm and think tank in planetary risk management. According to Dr. Atkins, this is what may happen. There will be an acceleration and heightening of electromagnetic energy from the sun and other cosmic energies that will build especially from late August into late September that will cause around the 23rd or 24th of September what Dr. Atkins describes as a frequency shift in consciousness. There will be evolutionary changes emerging from world-shaking disclosures as a result of the incoming cosmic energy, which he describes as wave X. What we're about to find out on a major level, unheard of in history at a mass scale, is the true answer of who we are, where do we come from, and what is our purpose. The planet is going to take off in incredible ways, according to Dr. Atkins. He also suggested that the Jade Helm exercise that began in the USA on July 15th and is scheduled to run until September 15th is really aimed at gaining intelligence about the effects of the incoming cosmic energies in order to better manage the changes it triggers in humanity. He stated that this exercise is very much connected to the frequency shift whereby the states where the exercises are actually being carried out will be experiencing a higher frequency field in July and August. The purpose being to learn from and manage the resultant effects on the population before it heightens further in the upper states later in September. If Dr. Atkins is correct, then the U.S. intelligence community is aware of the potential effects of the incoming cosmic energies 
and is taking steps to manage this, according to Dr. Salas. It is interesting to note that Pope Francis has planned a meeting with President Obama at the White House on September 23rd, will be speaking before the U.S. Congress on September 24th, and will be addressing a gathering of world political leaders at the U.N. General Assembly on September 25th. Dr. Salas makes the point that the Vatican Intelligence Service is also very likely aware of these incoming cosmic energies and have planned important meetings to coincide with the incoming cosmic energy and the powerful transformative effect it will have on humanity. In addition, Dr. Salas notes that a Vatican astronomer made bold statements not long ago regarding baptizing extraterrestrials as being compatible with Catholic theology. Then on October 27, 2014, Pope Francis released a statement where he referred to, quote, beings of the universe, unquote, also known as extraterrestrials, as a major part of God's evolutionary plan. So what this means is if we were to find out at some point that it was extraterrestrials rather than an all-powerful God who created humanity through the use of advanced genetics, the Pope could now claim that this was part of God's plan and it would not be a major concern for the religious community. So if Dr. Atkins is correct, we are currently experiencing a time of increasing cosmic energies that are impacting our sun and even altering human DNA. He predicts that this will lead to many changes in human society, including major disclosures that will change our view of who we are, where we're from, and what our purpose is. One has to wonder what kind of disclosures would have such an impact. What do you think would happen if there were an official disclosure of the reality of extraterrestrial life, advanced technologies that have been back-engineered from E.T. craft, and perhaps more information regarding various special operations that are highly secret to do with technological advances and how these technologies are being used. That kind of official disclosure would certainly change our view of ourselves, our place in the universe, and our understanding of our history and development. What if you learned that your DNA actually consists of about 22 different species of extraterrestrial beings spliced together as part of a grand experiment to evolve intelligent life on this planet? What if you learned that we are still a very young species relative to other extraterrestrial species and relatively limited intellectually when we're compared to beings who live for thousands of years? What if you began to remember your soul's purpose was to come in to help raise collective human consciousness at this incredible time of human evolution? What if you began to realize that the priorities and worldview that you'd been taught by your parents and in school and on TV all no longer fit with an evolving human species who now has to learn to survive our own tendency to be self-destructive.
These are the kinds of realizations that are occurring to many people that I talk to. And I travel all over the place to various conferences. I travel around the different parts of uh, primarily uh, United States, attending CE5 contact events. And I'll just briefly explain what that is. A CE5 contact event is also known as a close encounter of the fifth kind. And this is a group practice of specific meditation protocols that facilitate contact with non-human intelligences. You could say it is human-initiated contact with extraterrestrial intelligence. I've been attending such events for several years now, and I can tell you that we always see fascinating visual displays. We experience beautiful shifts in consciousness, and I hear how so many people are developing intuitive and empathic abilities that take communication to a whole new level. Over this past weekend, I attended a CE5 intensive retreat weekend in New York State that was hosted by Dr. Marilyn Gavicki, Diane Saunders, and Jen Westicott. Altogether, I think we were about 30 in number, and there were representatives from many U.S. states as well as parts of Canada. The group was mixed in age, mixed in gender, and also in professional background. But we all shared a common desire to make peaceful contact with extraterrestrials, and that actually happened quite quickly. We observed fascinating craft in the sky that did not behave like any kind of aircraft that is currently familiar, and we ruled out the possibility of satellites using uh, various phone apps and charts. We also saw beautiful orbs and experienced physical sensations such as beautiful scents and light touch, sometimes on the top of a person's head. But what was more remarkable to me was how quickly we came together as a group to support and care for each other, to share our truth, to share our vulnerabilities, and to share our joy in a very deep way. This depth of human contact and love actually enabled the contact with ETs to occur so much more quickly and so much more powerfully. My experience at one point towards the end of the weekend, when we were most at one as a group, is when we were also vibrating at the frequency of the ETs. We had actually shifted into a state of higher consciousness that made contact and communication much easier between humans and between humans and the visiting extraterrestrial beings. Now these ET beings are adept at communicating through telepathy, empathy, use of symbols. They don't rely exclusively on words the way we do and of course we look we also look at body language. But their communication is so rich so rich and it occurs on so many levels. And so as we shifted our consciousness through feeling safe and opening up our hearts and our energy fields, we're actually able to take in so much more information and have so much more understanding of one another as well as any extraterrestrial being that might have been present. Sometimes I wonder what higher consciousness is exactly. 
you know, sometimes you hear about people having advanced psychic abilities, and sometimes that's actually suggested that it's an indication of higher consciousness. But I don't think that that is necessarily so. I know when I was studying Tibetan Buddhist meditation, it was explained to me that some of the abilities that we think of as advanced psychic abilities in the West, such as precognition, telepathy, bilocation, levitation, and other such abilities, all of these can occur without true spiritual development. True spiritual development requires the development of wisdom, which is an understanding of how things actually exist. It requires love and compassion for all beings, all forms of sentient life. When one pursues those kind of advanced uh, psychic abilities in and of themselves, this can actually be disastrous both personally and interpersonally. One of my teachers said the development of these cities, that's the word that's used in uh, Buddhism and in Hinduism for those special abilities, the development of cities without the development of love, wisdom, and compassion for all beings was like building a powerful sound system, but only being able to play discordant sounds very loudly rather than to play beautiful music. True higher consciousness is the open heart. It's forgiveness of self and others and the ability to understand life experiences from a higher perspective than merely either ego satisfaction or lack of ego satisfaction. When we are worried about what others think of us or look to our physical or material assets or even our social connections to convince ourselves or convince others of our worth, we've slipped out of higher consciousness. Beings of higher consciousness may be more evolved, they may be brighter, they may have more abilities, but they are always aware of the great value of every single being, no matter where that being may be in their evolutionary process. When we ourselves move into higher consciousness, we would not desire to be a member of the elite or to be better than others, as this is fundamentally impossible when we realize we are all one. So we're going to take a break right now, and when we come back, I'd like to spend the last bit of time in this episode sharing a few easy ways to raise consciousness and why it is so important for each individual to do this. This is Ann Gelsheimer, and you've been listening to Conscious Evolution Radio. I'll be right back. Why spiritual spelunking? Why tending to our inner garden? Why devoting time to inner being when so much external doing calls upon us? An Indian sage put it wisely, your own self-realization is the greatest service you can render the world. Join host Jeel Asselin as he serves as both guide and companion on the journey within. 
Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us can be heard every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you ever felt as if you don't fit in? Are you in need of a breakthrough? You might even need to connect with your angels or a loved one on the other side. Tune in to Exploring the Full Spectrum Life with host Michael Lott. Michael and his guests will provide fresh perspectives, inspiration, healing, and insights for your life. It's time to move into new dimensions in your life and fulfill your higher creative calling now. Start by listening live every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave. Are you a spiritual seeker? Have you always pondered the deeper questions in life? Have you looked at many spiritual paths and found some answers but are looking for more? The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse, brings you each week practical spiritual teachings and tools that promote self-mastery, higher consciousness, and the opportunity to connect with the Ascended Masters. Join Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy as we explore the universe of spirituality. Live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the 7th Wave Channel. Jungian Karmic Astrology interweaves your personality, relationship dynamics, life's challenges, and themes with your world. Listen for Astrology, the Theory of Everything, with co-hosts Mary Jo Weavers and Janie McCarthy. They bring together professional astrologers, students, enthusiasts, spiritualists, experts, guests, and listeners to exchange valuable ideas and relevant information. Each show will examine and investigate special topics and current events, their meaning, and potential resolutions. We're here Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave. tuned in to Conscious Evolution Radio, and we'd love to hear from you. Please send any questions or comments about the show via email to ConsciousEvolutionRadio at gmail.com. Again, that's ConsciousEvolutionRadio at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Conscious Evolution Radio. This is your host, Ed Gelsheimer, and we have been talking about the possibility of a full official disclosure of the extraterrestrial presence that has been engaging the Earth for a very long time, as well as the increasing cosmic energies that are now hitting our Sun and the Earth, causing shifts in our DNA and in our consciousness. And we were looking at possibly even radical new disclosures that could change the way we view ourselves as a species and how we understand our history and our purpose for being here. We also took a look briefly at some ideas regarding higher consciousness, what it is and what it is not. 
From my own perspective, higher consciousness is not indicated simply by the presence of advanced psychic abilities. Such abilities, without the necessary spiritual development of an open heart, compassion, and wisdom, would be like playing very loud, discordant music through a powerful sound system. Not a pleasant experience for anyone. So how do we move into higher consciousness? If higher consciousness is actually an open heart, truthfulness, and a kind of higher understanding of the meaning of life events from something other than a purely self-centered, ego-gratifying perspective, then we can look into practices and opportunities to open our heart that fit with those qualities. One of the most healing and heart-opening things that we can do is shift our focus to the needs of others and offer service. This does not mean we become doormats for the ego desires of others, but we do learn to see other people very deeply, and then we can reach out to them in small but profound ways. There's nothing like being really seen by another person and receiving their care in order to experience such comfort and hope. I read a story today about nine grandmothers who spent decades secretly saving money in order to be able to provide assistance to other people who were in need. Sometimes it was through the delivery of a delicious pound cake to someone who was ill or grieving, and other times it was through paying someone's electricity bill or even filling a grocery cart with food for a family. These nine grandmothers managed to help so many people without taking anything away from their own families. What they did is they'd get up very early in the morning and they'd work together to do their acts of kindness before anyone else woke up. And then each day during the day, they would do these kind of uh, reconnaissance missions, no matter where they were, you know, the beauty parlor, the grocery store. They were always looking and listening to find out who needed something, no matter where they were during the day. After many years, they finally had to share the truth with their husbands and then with their children. And as surprised as their family members were at all the things that they'd been doing secretly for all these years, they were also delighted, and their husbands and children became part of the plan to help others. So today, when I was reading about their story of service and kindness, they had, over the years, raised about $900,000 to help so many people who were going through a tough time. I don't personally know these women, but my sense is, is that they felt a great deal of happiness and satisfaction in their acts of loving service. Seeing what others need and offering to help can move us into a state of higher consciousness so naturally. And I can tell you from my work in psychology, when I work with people who are depressed, one of the things that can be very, very helpful is actually doing some volunteer work. Uh, shifting again away from the things that are troubling and, and hurtful in one's own life and focusing on bringing some joy, bringing some relief, bringing some peace to somebody else seems to just be the gift we give ourselves. 
Now, another way of stepping into higher consciousness is to have fun and to do what we love. When we're doing what we love and we're in a state of joy, we are in a very elevated state of consciousness. The state of joy and fun is contagious. Other people can be swept along and can enjoy the ride when we're sending out that wonderful energy. So when we're having fun and we're in our joy, we're not only helping ourselves, but we're helping others. Bringing it back for a moment to my experience of making contact with extraterrestrial beings, who in my own experience are beings of very high consciousness. One of the indicators for me that these beings are present is when I start to feel a deep peace and often a real joy as we do contact work. It settles around me like a soft blanket and it feels absolutely wonderful. It seems to me that I'm catching the joy and the peace of the extraterrestrial beings who are around me. And this is something that we can also do with each other. I've had a similar experience with uh, being in the presence of some very realized Tibetan lamas, a Tibetan lama as a teacher. And when these lamas are in a state of deep meditation, it can feel so wonderful to be in their presence because I've actually felt like I'm tasting a bit of their peace and even a bit of their bliss. Now, spending time with your with our own inner child is one important way to connect with that joy and to shift into higher consciousness. When we connect with that innocent, fun side of ourselves, we are actually able to experience the beauty, the magic, and the delight of being a child again. This is not being immature. This is actually an aspect of our divine self that is the wellspring of our lives. So take the time to go for a walk, swing on some swings, paint some rocks, lie on the ground and see what shapes are in the clouds, and even look around your garden for signs of fairies and other little creatures. Let yourself enjoy being alive by living from a divinely simple, loving place of pure discovery and joy. And that is what our inner child knows how to do so well. No matter what kind of trauma we may have experienced as children, there's still a part of us that is so pure and so open-hearted. We just have to get in there and find that part. I know when I I do work, uh, again, in psychology with people who have experienced sometimes horrendous traumas as children, And it sometimes takes a while, but we'll get to that place where the fun and the the open-heartedness and the generosity and the giggling, it's all still in there. It just sometimes takes a little bit of work to get down to that spot. Now another suggestion to help, help us shift consciousness into higher states is to spend time outside in nature. There's something about being in nature that feeds our souls, it calms our worries, and it opens and fills our energy fields. It's one of the best antidotes to feelings of depression or burnout. Go out into nature and take time to really experience everything using all your senses. This could be in your garden. It could be in a park or by a lake or out in the forest. 
whatever and wherever gives you a feeling of comfort and joy. And related to this experience of being in nature is the joy that can come by spending time with animals and, of course, even with little children. They often carry such a pure energy with such open hearts and boundless love and we can easily receive a lift from their wonderful energy. Of course, we shouldn't forget the power of music to help lift our consciousness and to help us open to more expanded states of awareness. And there are many forms of meditation that can do this for us also. It's a wonderful meditation to merge our consciousness with beings of higher consciousness, such as angels or other divine beings, and then invite these beautiful beings to teach us how to expand our own consciousness. Now, as we learn to enter into joyful, loving, expansive states of consciousness, we're actually able to focus on creating future timelines that express that higher consciousness. Where we focus our energy is what we draw to ourselves. So in a happier, more expansive state of mind, we are open and no longer in a state of resistance. We can then focus on experiencing the kind of future that we would like to live. And we can also imagine the kind of future that we would like to offer the world. There does seem to be some evidence that there are many possible futures at any given point in time. And which particular timeline actually ripens probably has much to do with the state of consciousness of the group of beings affected by that timeline. From this perspective, there can, there can be many possible outcomes, and the actual outcome we experience is being created right now by the state of our consciousness. When we apply this to world events, the state of consciousness of the beings presently here is what determines the future realities that will occur. People who are sensitive spiritually will speak of their awareness of various beings that are attempting to influence future events by influencing our consciousness, both for better and for worse. Just think of how the mood and energy of people around you can influence how you feel unless you're careful to remain within your own center and not take on their emotions and issues. The same is true with any kind of spiritual being who may not be seen but may still be assisting us or pulling us down depending on their state of consciousness. This may sound like an odd idea to anyone who's not experienced a non-physical entity. But these beings are energy. We can think of them that way. And we can choose which energies we allow to influence us by being mindful of how we are feeling and what we are expressing at any given time. There's also a level of collective human consciousness something we all feed into with our experiences and awareness, and we are also influenced by this collective level of human consciousness, particularly if we're not very awake and aware. The good news is, we can actually help shift this collective human consciousness for the better. It takes a relatively small number of people to shift into an expanded state of consciousness, 
in order to help the whole group make that same shift. Rupert Sheldrake has explained that there are morphogenetic fields that guide our behavior as well as our physical development. When one member of a species learns a new behavior, it becomes that much easier and faster for other members to learn the same behavior. As each one of us learns to discern the energies impacting on us and to shift into a more heart-centered, loving, and expanded state of consciousness, it actually becomes easier and easier for the whole group to do the same. So each time you choose to open your heart, to let go of resentments and forgive yourself or another, to really see into someone else's eyes and to offer them kindness, you're actually helping the collective human consciousness evolve and you're helping to create a timeline for the future that will include love and kindness. This is a very great power, one that you can practice using in your own life, but know that we are also here to do this for the whole world. And we can increase the power of our practice by joining a heart-centered community of any type where there's kindness and respect for others. When we're part of such a community, we actually increase our own ability to remain in an expanded state of consciousness. And we increase the power of the group to affect the future of this beautiful world. If Dr. Atkins is right... The increasing cosmic energies coming into our solar system will also increase our ability to shift into a higher consciousness. In fact, these energies could become extremely uncomfortable if we don't make that shift. It will be like outgrowing our shoes but still trying to wear the same old pair. That can get pretty painful. So if you're feeling distress in the next period of time, or you see a bit more craziness than usual, try to find a way to be happy, to open your heart, to become the change that the world needs. Your presence here at this time is extremely important, and you have the ability to help create an amazing and beautiful future for this world. Each of us needs to resist being pulled into the fear and conflict that can get stirred up as people are being forced, literally forced, to resolve and release some of the old ways of being that no longer fit. Instead, find what you love, find what gives you joy, and then share your joy with as many people as you can. I hope you found this talk of interest and maybe even of assistance. This is such an exciting time to be alive. I remember my guest, Daniel Brinkley, who has had several death and near-death experiences. He said that the people who are incarnated right now are true spiritual warriors. We are the ones who have arrived at an incredible time in human history to help the human race evolve, and we can create a future timeline that expresses our capacity for higher consciousness and for true love of others. If you have any thoughts that you'd like to share with me after listening to this program, please feel free to email me at ConsciousEvolutionRadio at gmail.com.
And if you would like to receive some spiritual coaching and assistance in evolving your consciousness, that's something I love to help people do. So please feel free to let me know. You can use the same email address, ConsciousEvolutionRadio at gmail.com, and I'll get back to you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Conscious Evolution Radio. It really is a pleasure to do this show. I love sharing these ideas, and I, I really do hope you've enjoyed them. Have a good week. Thank you again for tuning in to Conscious Evolution Radio. Please join Ann Gelsheimer for another great show next Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. We hope to see you next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 